Welcome to our latest episode of ACC Northeast Practice and Career Management Committee's podcast series, Around the In-House. I'm your moderator, Alex Affariot, Legal Counsel at the Boston Consulting Group, ACC Northeast Board Member, and member of the Practice and Career Management Committee. We're back again to speak with more members of the in-house practice about their careers, aspirations, their challenges, and some of their personal passions. We hope to continue to provide our listeners with a great opportunity to hear directly from other members about the issues they're facing and to share their best practices of building a successful in-house practice. So thanks for joining us for another trip around the in-house. This episode, we're joined by Ruchi Sisodia Shah, Corporate Counsel at Boston Scientific. Ruchi graduated from Trinity College in Hartford, then went on to Emory University School of Law in Atlanta, graduating in 2009 and entering the workforce just at the height of the Great Recession. But Ruchi quickly found herself in-house, working for nearly seven years in the utility industry for National Grid before joining Boston Scientific just three years ago in 2017. Ruchi is a fellow member of the Practicing Career Management Committee. She's also very active in the Women's Bar Association of Boston, as well as the children's defense charity, KIND. And I should also clarify for our listeners that Ruchi and I are great friends. So I am beyond thrilled to welcome my friend Ruchi to the podcast today. Ruchi, welcome to Around the In-House. Thank you so much, Alex. I'm happy to be here. Great. Well, we are very happy to have you. So I think the best place to start, of course, is with your career. And, you know, I think it's worth noting that we're in the middle of some extremely tough economic conditions um, that are not all that dissimilar to the environment you faced when you first joined the legal profession back in 2009. So I thought in that lens, it would be great to hear about what first brought you in-house and, and about getting those that first role uh, to where you are today as a highly successful attorney at, at you know, one of Boston's biggest corporations. Sure. Um, so I would love to say that it was well thought out, um, but I think a lot of it was fate. Um, I graduated in 2009, and I could well remember what it was back then, unfortunately, um, similar to what's going on right now. Uh, and when I graduated from Emory Law School, most of my class actually did not have a position. Um, and those that had, many of them actually lost it. So it was a really tough environment to enter into. Um, there were lots and lots of resumes sent out and there were lots and lots of um, networking events and calls. And um, I just wasn't sure where I was going to land. I was seeking almost any legal job opportunity at that time. I had been lucky enough that prior to law school, I had worked at a as a paralegal at a large law firm in New York City. So I did have that experience. Um, but what ultimately um, landed me in-house, and I was pretty fortunate, is that I was able to, to successfully network and through a family friend, I got the opportunity, my first job opportunity, which just happened to be in-house. And I just, I always figured I would go to a law firm and to be that was the traditional path. Um, but it worked out very well for me because I, I actually loved working in-house. I loved the setup. Um, and I, so I started my career in early 2011 at National Grid. Amazing. And and so, you know, even, um, but, you know, from when you started at, at National Grid, you know, what were some of the, the hurdles in figuring out the, the in-house world that was obviously different from, from what you expected, um, you know, to, 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 go, to go through? Sure. Um, so the biggest hurdle, I think, entering in-house, especially 
just as a junior attorney is um, at a law firm, at least the law firm where I had worked as a paralegal, um, is, is a junior attorney in a law firm, you have many people checking your work. You're usually just working under um, somebody else or actually a group of senior attorneys and they might be doing the heavy lifting and you're um, helping put together the documents. Um, with an in-house structure, it's, it's a much smaller um, legal department and you kind of, you hit the ground running. You're, mm -hmm. You certainly have your senior colleagues who can um, will guide you, and they were incredible resources for me. But I just started off handling my own agreements and my own projects, which was very different than what I had seen um, prior to law school. That was probably one of my biggest hurdles. And I think the second one was um, just learning the, the business, because when you're in the in in house, um, you're part of a company, and you need to know that company. It's not a law firm where you have many different clients. You might not have to intimately get to know their industry or their business, depending on the work you do. But if you're in house, um, it's really important to understand the the business side, uh, and not just uh, what is happening in the legal documents themselves. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, and, and I know, you know, so you spent, you know, a while at National Grid and then um, and then ultimately decided it was time to, to move on to to a, a new role. So, um, you know, joining Boston Scientific, can you talk a bit about how you approached, you know, finding that that new role? And then, you know, I recall as your friend, you had multiple offers for, you know, lots of great opportunities. So how did you sort of move that into a uh, into a new successful role for yourself? Sure. So I was at National Grid for over six years. Um, very grateful for that opportunity. I had a great uh, experience. I learned a lot. Um, but probably around like the end of year five, year six, um, I started wanting different challenges. Um, I mm -hmm. felt like I really knew the role I was in at National Grid. I wanted to move past that. Um, and unfortunately, at the time at National Grid, there just weren't the professional development opportunities I was seeking at that time. Um, so I, I really sat down and I put together my resume and I put together the things that I was looking for in my next step. I started, um, and I know people often hate this word. I know I hate it, networking. Um, <laughs> but I started reaching out to my network. Um, I started even, you know, I seek the guidance of even trusted um, colleagues at National Grid. Uh, and I also, um, you know, I ultimately ended up um, getting my current position through a recruiter that had successfully worked with many people that I, that I knew. Um, but the, you know, the one thing I would say is, and it really depends on what situation you are, but if you are already lucky enough to hold a position and you're seeking to move um, you know my advice would be don't rush it obviously don't wait a lot you know wait forever and drag your feet but uh, don't just jump to the next opportunity I would really you know think about it think about what you're looking for that you want to be different than your current position um, really research the 
the company that you want to move to. Um, that would be my advice. And then it worked out for me. I really, I really love where I am right now. I, I think that's such great advice, you know, from the networking, you know, to, to sort of making it methodical about, about, about that move. Um, but so, yeah, tell us a bit more about what you're doing for, for Boston Scientific now. Sure. So I work in the corporate legal department and I am currently the attorney that handles all the commercial technology IT related projects. So I work very heavily. Um, my biggest client, so to speak, internal client is our chief information officer, our CIO. Um, so I primarily work on the contracting that happens with all our IT related contracts. Um, that includes our, you know, enterprise agreement, which, you know, entering into agreements with AWS, Microsoft, um, mm -hmm. Vendors like that, as well as also working, which which I find particularly interesting um, and is a little different than what I've done in the past, is working on our products as well. Because you know, just like in every other industry, even you know the medical products now, uh, many of them are starting to have a software component. Whether um, the the product can speak to the um, healthcare providers. Or you can, you know, look at your connect through a, an application, um, that sort of thing. Um, even the software that the doctors and the clinics and the nurses may use, that sort of thing. So I get to work on that as well, and it's very interesting to see that side of the business and to um, be able to directly impact the patients and the product. Yeah, no, it sounds like a, a phenomenal role and actually, you know, similar to the kind of work I do at, at BCG, though, a totally different industry. But, you know, I know one other thing, you know, you've, I know you've mentioned to me is, is this role gave you an opportunity to manage some of Boston Scientific's outside counsel. So especially in the lens of knowing you, you haven't worked at a firm, you know, in your in your career, what have been some of your best practices for, for managing outside counsel um, for, for Boston Scientific? Sure. I mean, I will say that before I started doing it, I didn't think much about it. I was like, what, well, what really goes into managing outside counsel? Um, and then you really get into the heart of it and you realize, you know, especially in an in-house uh, legal department, it is often um, the biggest or one of the biggest um, parts of your budget. So mm -hmm. it's, it's extremely important. And in some areas, depending on um, what legal area you're talking about, they, the firm you're working with can be your primary source of um, legal advice or legal work in that area. So um, it's very important to make sure you pick the right folks. Um, you know, the top things to, to consider, to look at, or, you know, obviously one is budget. Um, of course. Looking at um, how doing your homework and seeing what different firms or different attorneys are charging for their services. Um, you know, I know at Boston Scientific, we went through like an extensive um, RFP process in the vetting the last few years of going through our outside counsel. Um, sometimes, you know, when different attorneys within in-house are picking their own, you know, outside firms to work with, uh, it can, I've seen other companies do like get out of 
not get out of control, but you see that you have a lot of firms um, <laughs> instead of just, you know, a select few that can maybe do everything for you with advantage um, pricing. I think it's important to also uh, work with firms that have your um, same values. Um, one thing that, you know, I attended a conference a few years ago and this really spoke to me is that um, some of the, the folks speaking thought that how much influence actually um, clients have on the cultures at law firms. So um, looking at if a law firm is diverse and inclusive, which always important, but especially important in this day and age. Um, Absolutely. Being folks that are doing the work for you, who, do the, who does that firm put on the team for you? You know, are there, is there um, a diverse set of legal professionals from that firm working for you? Um, and making sure that they get the credit when the project um, is done. And third, I look for some, you know, firms where I can, the, the, I can trust their not only their work but their interactions with um my internal clients um off, most of the time i will um be on the phone when outside counsel is giving their advice or um talking directly to my internal clients but that's not always the case um i have somebody who works for me who is um you know a one person shop she's been in the industry you know done this it related work for years and um you know i don't have she i can give her something and she can just go running with it but it's great that i can trust her with it i can trust her to, that she knows how to interact with the client she knows what boston scientific wants what they're what they're looking for because each company is different um mm -hmm. your company may be seeking you know something different in the same type of commercial agreement that boston scientific is so it's important that the those law firms or um, outside counsel um, know that, understand that, and build that into like the services that they provide. I love that, and I think it's a really great perspective on on how a, a company can manage their their outside counsel. Um, so, so I I want to completely switch gears a bit. Um, you know, obviously your 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 career is a huge part of your life, but I know it is not the only part. And um, and you know, I know you have a four year old at home and. Uh, or just recently for, <laughs> um, but this this episode is airing as as I know many working parents are grappling with the frustrations of this COVID nineteen reality that we are we are left in. So I would really love to hear a bit more about how you and your husband are navigating uh, being full time parents and full time attorneys. You know, your husband's also a in house lawyer with with demanding corporate clients. How is that? Uh, you know, <laughs> feel free to be as blunt as you'd like. How is that going? I drink a lot of wine <laughs> and I cry. No, uh, it, it has its ups and downs. In the beginning, it was rough. I think, in, you know, in the beginning when everything shut down, so to speak, and, and I think back in March, it was, you know, oh, okay, this will be a few weeks, no problemo, you know, let's make the best of it. This is a little fun. Nobody's, um, you know, has to go into the office. We can handle this, you know, knowing how lucky we are that we have jobs that um, we still had and that uh, didn't require us to go anywhere. You know, we could mm -hmm. safely stay in the um, inside our home, which, you know, a lot of folks can't do. 
Um, but that quickly turns into, oh my God, what is going on? Because as you can imagine with a four-year-old, um, he just was used to, if mom and dad are home, they're going to pay attention to me all the time, uh, kind of like the weekend. And it, it has been challenging. Some weeks, I think I have it down pat, and other weeks, I'm banging my head against the wall thinking everybody else has it down pat, and it's only me who can't, um, un, you know, get a plan in place. I think the biggest thing is just we've learned to go with the flow. We are um, juggling between the two of us. We try to coordinate, you know, when do you have a meeting? When do I have a meeting? Uh, luckily, my kid still takes a nap, although I have to say, sadly, those are getting shorter and shorter. So uh, <laughs> we're now panicking that um, it's going to stop during COVID and especially during the winter time. And I don't know when we're going to do that because those, those two hours of peace are really blissful in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. But it's been hard, but we're we're navigating through it. I think also my son is is also finding his rhythm. I think it's important to realize these kids are also going through it, um, and and they're also feeling the change. And I think that, you know, now he's he's more used to it. Of course, uh, now he happily tells me, "Mommy, I'm never going back to school. I'm always staying with you." And I'm like, "No, dear, please, no." <laughs> so, but. Uh, Today's been, a, I mean, this week's been good so far. So knock on wood, um, you know, we're, we're surviving it. Get us up good. and down. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a really important uh, perspective. And, you know, on, on sort of the, the, the positive note, you know, is there anything that, whether it's related to, you know, to parenting during COVID or even just being, you know, working remotely during COVID, um, is, is there anything you've learned or adopted during this this sort of weird time that you intend to carry back into whenever life does get back to normal whenever you know your son does go back to school i think there are two things um one being flexible going with the flow um you know anything this whole new situation and working environment has shown that um you have to be able to adapt quickly to a changing environment and then changing circumstance, um, both overall and then even here day to day. I mean, there are um, times where I have a meeting scheduled and um, all of a sudden my husband has to join on join an emergency call or do something. And so now I have my son on my lap banging against my head, you know, or screaming um, that he wants a cookie while I'm trying to be on a conference call <laughs> on what is supposed to be a serious topic or even having to reschedule. You know, I've had folks who have kids or elderly parents or some situation where they're like, hey, I knew I was going to talk. Uh, we were going to talk now. I have to cancel last minute. And it's like, that's, that's fine. Or, you know, even now as work, the business itself, like within the company, it gets back to normal, like scrambling to, to get back to that nor other, you know, the quote unquote normal piece of work or even faster to make up for what was maybe previously a slower time. Um, you also have to be flexible that way because now there's different projects coming at you different times and you have to figure out how to juggle that while working from home so you know i think being flexible and and 
and knowing that things might change within your day or day to day even more quickly um, or often than they were before. Um, I think that's important. And the second, I think, is, um, you know, not so much just related directly to the work, but more from like a social level is I, I think people now are going to be more open about their lives. You know, before mm. it was, um, you know, you had your home life and you had your office life and sure you had some colleagues you were really close to that you shared things with, but you, your, you know, general counsel may never have seen your kid or, you know, may not have known what exactly you're doing at home. Um, that's changed. I mean, in my company, now, one of the great things my general counsel started or the senior people in my legal department was that every week, Somebody makes a video from their home, just talking about their lives, showing their families. Um, it really like it helps you stay connected, and but it helps you get to see different people um, and what the you know their home life looks like. So you get to see them at a different um, level, and um, you know just even being on conference calls. Like I was saying, you know, if I I've been on calls with executives where if you told me this last year, I would have been mortified, but I'm on video conference, which I don't do often if my son is on but you know suddenly you know he's gotten away from my husband and now he's like bounding into the office and climbing on top or you know you'll be sitting there and talking to an executive and suddenly the executive golden retriever comes and starts jumping on his lap and you know trying to play with him those kind of things that you would never think about um and certainly you're sadly not going to have puppies in the office probably when we return back, but that level of <laughs> and, then, yeah, and, and getting <laughs> to know people, I think will carry over. And I think it's important because then you can understand people, you know, where they're coming from better. Um, you can understand if someone's not getting back to you as quickly on a project or maybe um, you don't feel like they're working as well with you as before. Now you can think, you know, what you see them more as a person and you just figure like, you know, must be something else going on in their life. And I, I think it also makes for a better working environment because um, you feel more like a team, right, the more you know each other. So I definitely think that that has, you know, the culture has changed on that. Uh, that's a really phenomenal answer. Um, and, you know, and one other part of your your non-work life I wanted to highlight is you know I know you have been involved in this in this charity kids in need of defense or as I know it's called kind um, and I wondered if you could tell us a bit about that organization and and and, and you know what you've done for them sure so um, kind kids in need of defense is a great organization and I encourage um, everyone you know legal professionals to volunteer um, it's providing um, pro bono legal services to unaccompanied children, refugees who've entered this country, um, and making sure that they don't go through the court process and the legal process themselves. Um, I have been, me and uh, two or three of my colleagues have been providing um, legal services to about uh, four or five kids, um, and, and great kids who range from the age of like 12 to, um, like now 19 and I can tell you as a corporate attorney like when I first started doing the work it was daunting for me just filling out forms and and you know I'd never really submitted anything to a court before and I felt like it took me hours um, where probably Alex 
it would take some of our friends five minutes and they would probably look at me and say, why is it taking you this long to fill out this document for the court? Um, but I just don't do that stuff. And, you know, to think that the, these kids, some of who may not speak English fluently, um, they're all in school, but they may, you know, still be learning, you know, if it was just them or their families doing it, it certainly puts them at a disadvantage. So it's nice to be able to um, provide them the legal services to go through that entire process and just to get to know them. I mean, they're, they are great, great kids um, and their families are extremely nice. So um, that's what we've been doing with them. You know, the kind can come into your office. They came into our office. Um, I believe my general counsel had actually seen their presentation um, somewhere um, and asked them to come in. And so folks uh, signed up. You can also, if you're in-house or, you know, work on your own, you can also partner up. You know, a lot of law firms also work with Kind. And so I know some of my colleagues have um, partnered with a, an actual law firm in providing some of their kids the legal services. But I think it's really important work. Um, so I would encourage anybody who has any interest to um, go to the KIND uh, website. Well, I'm really glad you shared that with us, Ruchi. That's uh, amazing work and, um, and definitely something I hope our listeners take you up on. Um, so, you know, in wrapping up, the, there's a few questions we ask everyone, as I'm sure you are now aware. And so I'm, of course, going to ask them to you as well. So starting off, you know, what do you think, you know, what do you wish you knew? Um, looking back to, to 2009, uh, when you first entered the in-house practice um, that you know now, that, you know, what, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? That, um, you know, being, doing the good legal work um, is very important, but it's just as important to know the actual business and to have good relationships uh, with your clients. So, you know, again, that, that uh, great word. Um, not networking within your company, but um, you know, establishing that trusted relationship with your clients, being that good um, business partner, um, mm -hmm. as they often say, is, is key. I think when I first started, I was just very focused on making sure that every word in the legal agreement was perfect, and and you know, probably sweating that something was wrong in there, and somebody was going to find me a year later and tell me it was my fault. Um, you become less worried about that when you're, you know, 10 plus years into practice um, and you realize it's just as important and sometimes actually more important um, to know how the business works, what the business needs from you and what is going to, you know, in my job, are they always say, executives always say, our executive committee, that like in the end of the day, it's, it's getting those life-saving, life-changing measures to the patient. That's the big picture. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, you know, getting to know my internal clients and what I need to do in order to meet, the, you know, help the business meet that end goal. Amazing. And, and, and finally, you know, what would you say is the best piece of career advice you've ever received? You've, you've shared a lot of great advice on this call, but from your own uh, perspective, what was the best you've ever received? Uh, don't be afraid to speak up or raise your hand. I think a lot of times, especially if you're more junior, um, you might have a great idea or there might be, you know, somebody's looking 
for another person to take the lead on a project and you might be shy to do that. You might be thinking, oh, I don't know everything or, you know, people probably want that, like that answer or somebody else might want to do this. And, I, you know, raise your hand if you're interested, if you have something to say, I mean, you're there at this company or at that table for a reason. Um, raise your hand because anybody, I think, who has been professionally successful or even happy at their job, which is important to do, um, has had a voice and has been actively involved. And I think that will really um, help people as you advance in your career is, is raising your hand and taking an active role. Amazing. Well, Ruchi, thank you so, so much for speaking with us today. This has been uh, fantastic. And I've learned, as as I, I said with other guests, I, you know, knowing you personally, I've learned a lot about you in just this last uh, little while. So thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you. I had a lot of fun. Um, it was great talking to you. Amazing. Well, uh, well, everyone, this has been another episode of Around the In-House, which is now available on all uh, major platforms for podcasts, including iTunes. So be sure to subscribe, follow us on Twitter at ACC Northeast, and watch out for the ACC Northeast chapter posts on LinkedIn to hear more future episodes of Around the In-House. I'm Alex Affariot, and really look forward to speaking with you again soon.